0: In 2019, they've been elected top 11 of the companies that changed the world by the business magazine Fortune. They started here in, in Southeast Asia back in 2010. And today, in 2021, they gather 190 million people who are using their super app. You've seen it already in the title of this episode. I am talking about Gojek. I am pleased today to have welcomed Mr. Sunil Sethlore, who is the Chief People Officer of Gojek, and with whom we've talked about the benefits of a feedback-rich culture with a bottom-up communication and how he harmonized his HR strategy across the Southeast Asian region. We are Asian Tide. We aim at driving your growth by inviting progressive leaders to share their hands-on tips and insights from their experience. If you like this episode, feel free to share it with your colleagues or even your managers or your top managements. As a tech company, how do you leverage uh, data to improve your employee experience?
1: So that, that's a good question. I, I think uh, the word employee experience means so many things to so many people. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very important to get the definition right, and mm-hmm. all the organizations I've been a part of have had a different definition for what employee experience is. Uh, oh. So, so I'll, I'll give you an example, uh, there, there, and and of course within within an organization over time, definitions of what employee experiences has changed. Uh, a, a favorite example is at one point in our in in in, co- in our lives as corporate people or HR people, uh, happiness employee happiness was, was a measure of, of success. How happy are your people, right? Uh, that has evolved over time to say, it's not it's not necessarily happiness, it's, it's engagement. Mm-hmm. You could be very unhappy, uh, but you could be very, very productive as an unhappy person, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the question is, uh, and that's engagement, uh, and is engagement more valuable to measure than happiness, right? Uh, and happiness is such an uncontrollable thing for an organization. Uh, because you're only with the organization maybe eight to twelve hours a day, uh, and there's another full life that you have that influences your mindset. Uh, so <laughs> how how can how can organizations measure that? So I think there's some organizations which uh, try to restrict themselves to to productivity oriented aspects of experience. So what can I do to make my employees more productive? How can I improve the experience of work? So. You know, what are they wasting their time on? Are they wasting their time on decisions? Are they wasting their time on process? How can I make this process frustration-free? How can I make this uh, easier to manage? Uh, there are other organizations which focus on well-being, which is like, is my is my employee able to show up uh, and be their full self and be their full creative self at work? Uh, and and those definitions vary, and and the big driver for that variance is the kind of work that you do. Uh, if you're a more process-oriented culture uh, Mm -hmm. and you need to be a process-oriented culture, you probably will care a bit more about efficiency. If you are a more innovation-oriented culture uh, where the survival of your business depends on your uh, teams innovating continuously to success, then you care a little bit more about uh, you know, uh, people uh, uh, and and the processes they go through, the emotional and psychological processes they go through, uh, mm. to to impact creativity and innovation. So, uh, so it's it varies by industry, it varies by type of work, it varies by different things. So, uh, so once you've got that baseline definition identified, uh, you need to metricize and measure, and that doesn't change. So, you need to use you know like uh, the best. Uh, you know, indexing tools and surveys out there, there are many, you you can use Gallup, you could use Qualtrics, you could use, you know, any dozen number of like well-researched, scientifically valid uh, uh, mechanisms and and survey questionnaires. Uh, And the most basic thing you can do is once you've agreed on a definition for what employee experience means for you and your organization is to say, okay, what are the indicators that will tell me that this experience is good not bad baseline average etc so i think once you do that and then it's a question of continuous measurement once you've measured it's not that's not where the story ends uh, you have to address the gaps you have to address the feedback loops and say hey uh, people are people should be feeling like it's easy for them to get work done but they're feeling like overwhelmingly that they can't uh, mm-hmm. let's deep dive let's figure out why When you go to focus group discussions, you go to interviews, you go find out why uh, it's hard to get work done. And it'll be some silly reason. Like I think my favorite example from one of the organizations I worked in was people were really frustrated. Like the uh, people actually stopped going to external events, employee events, anything which was a reimbursable thing. They stopped going, they stopped engaging and they started affecting our brand. It started affecting engagement levels. It started affecting how, Uh, progressive we were perceived and we found that the the reason for this is it was a very frustrating experience to go through the claims process you know you you go to an event you go buy lunch for your team and you have to file the receipts and and claim it against the organization's policy Uh, and that process was so frustrating that people would just not do it Uh, they're like I just I'd rather not do it than go through this process so we changed the policy uh, to basically say, okay, anything which is below $100 doesn't need a receipt, right? Just go for it. Take take your team, take your team out, and and just do it. So, and you should have seen the dramatic change in culture. And it wasn't like this. Like if you look at what I have indicated as symptoms, right? You had you had like falling participation in external events. You have falling external engagement. You have uh, you have people no longer speaking positively about you in, in social media and externally. Uh, there's just this sense of everything is business, uh, and and like the levels of engagement were low, and all we had to do was change our expenses <laughs> policy, uh, and it it completely pivoted, and and we wouldn't have been able to do that if we didn't have a nuanced approach uh, to understanding where the problem was, and then going and investigating what the solution could be, and it was simple, just change your change your claims policy, right? So. Uh, and that made a huge difference. Uh, that's an example. That's a very small example of how you can do. You can do bigger ones as well. Where uh, we found that uh, there were certain teams that were just unable to hire uh, and keep people. So the entire team was full of new people, uh, and the average tenure in the team was like you know like I think seven or eight months, and they were all new people. They were all external hires except for the except for the two project managers, right, of, of that team, um, which was always uh, funny because attrition—if you measure attrition not as people leaving the organization but leaving the team—was almost like seventy-five percent, uh, and the people, the new new people, tend to rate organizations highly on engagement. Uh, but if we did a comparison between other new people and the new people on this team, we found that while they rated highly, they rated much lower than other new people in a, in, the, in the company. Um, and when we investigated, we found that the work itself was really uninspiring. Like, uh, and we asked the question: uh, Do we need to do this work? And the answer was: it, The work needed to get done. Uh, the, question became, did we need our employees to do this work? And that became this conversation around, should we just outsource this? Uh, and, and we create a business case to outsource the work. Uh, and we just said, look, no, we have high quality, high bar, uh, you know, technical talent. Uh, they are working on this really old legacy system, which is just doing nothing but needing to maintain it. And there's no career progression. There's no new learning. Uh, it's not exciting. The attrition is seventy-five percent. Should we even do this work? Should we just outsource it? So, and we outsourced that work, and things were fine. Right. So, nothing broke or nothing fell fell off. So, uh, so these are examples where you know employee experience can have real business impact. Like thinking about employee experience after you've defined it can have real business impact to what you're doing.
0: I have several questions. So yeah. Two questions following up on that. So you Good. mentioned that you were um, nuanced having a nuanced approach on experience how does this contribute in preparing gojek for the future of work
1: that's that's a good question now let's let's take gojek as a live case study right uh, mm-hmm. we are we are not a pure software company we have operations we have people who go out into the real world meet our drivers merchants other partners etc right so uh, so we have an offline component to the work that we do. We have an online component to the work that we do, which is product development, app, you know, all of that technical ecosystem. And then we have a, an office component, which is all the support teams, the corporate functions, etc. So it's an interesting portfolio of uh, the types of work that need to get done. So you kind of have to solve for everyone. Um, there are teams that cannot work from home, that cannot, you, you can't, you just, you can't, Meet people sitting at home. So, uh, so for those folks, you know, we need to have a set of policies and provisions which keep in mind their experience and their well-being, uh, while at the same time allowing them to be effective in doing their jobs. So they have they cannot work from home, and and that's just normal policy. There are a group of people who can work from home forever, right? They don't ever have to come in. Like if if you're in if you're in a function which is just running a process. Uh, and the process is very clear and it's not going to change. You don't have to be in the office to do that. So you can just stay at home and continue executing on the process. There's not very much variety in the work that you do. Uh, think something like procurement or finance or something like that. Those processes don't change uh, very much over time, right? Uh, mm-hmm. For most of the function. For some parts like FPNA, et cetera, it changes, but for the other, the, the uh, compliance elements of it don't change. So, so that's, that's one part. And then there are teams where it's helpful to come together for some time. Let's say you're doing brainstorming, you're trying to innovate, you're trying to uh, understand why something worked or didn't work, you're trying to run experiments. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have some and, and and then once that process is done, and people have agreed on what the next steps are, they can go away and, and work you know, remotely and, and asynchronously, and come back. Right. So, so that's kind of the folks who come together for some moments in the project lifecycle, and then they go away for the rest of it, and then they come back again. So that's hybrid, right? So I've described three scenarios: which is full return to work or return to office, uh, hybrid, and people don't have to come back. Uh, how do we how do we know this? And by the way, I'm speaking purely from the organizational need perspective, right? There's an entire dimension of employee preference. Uh, that, that i'll get to so how do we know how do we know this so one is we obviously need analytics to measure you know how managers feel like work can get done in an organization and, and this is a big part of the process right um, uh, the second is we have to ask employees what their preference preference is and as time has gone by like when the whole work from home process started uh, an overwhelming majority of people we polled and said yeah yeah we can work from home At the start of it now as the pandemic has gone on and work from home has continued the number of people who said okay i want to come back to the office started growing like it's Mm. even it was like i want to come back for two days a week or three days a week started growing Mm. Uh, and and now it's been almost i would say a little at three or four months shy of two years since since gojek went you know fully working from home uh, the the number of people saying I want to work remotely forever has increased. So as time goes by and people's lifestyles have adapted and shifted, and people have made real estate choices, right? They've they've moved back to their to their towns. They've they've gone they've gone home. They've built houses or property somewhere, and they're and they're gone. So they're no longer in in the cities where our offices are. So for them, it's now more beneficial to just work from home full time. So uh, and we wouldn't have known this if we weren't continuously polling people, like we're continuously polling people, asking them what their preferences are. Preferences change over time. So now our, our return to work strategy, and when I say return to work, I mean that in the loosest sense of the word, uh, is how can we enable people uh, to be successful? And we're, doing, we're adopting a policy where most people in Gojek are going to work from not in the office most of the time. So they're going to work from anywhere other than the office most of the time. We're converting all our offices to a co-working space. Uh, and we're just saying, if you want to use the office facilities there, all you have to do is book in advance, like reserve reserve your uh, workstation and conference room in advance and just come in and use So li- like you would in a WeWork or any, any other co-working space. So we've converted it to co-working space. We've, uh, for all new joiners who join us, We give them a a one-time amount to help them set up their home offices. Mm -hmm. So if you want to buy, you know, ergonomic furniture, technical infrastructure, like laptops, et cetera, so you can do that. Uh, uh, And and we're obviously, like Gojek was always a digital first company, so everyone already had laptops, uh, et cetera. And we've also looked at our allowances, benefits, to make sure that it's more catered to people who are working uh, from anywhere. So so those are some things that uh, we've done and that's again a result of us prioritizing employee experience and and employee first mindsets Mm -hmm. Uh, and it has had already had amazing impact right like it's made people more comfortable to work with us the people number of people saying they want to stay with us for greater than two to three years has increased uh, a few percentage points so uh uh, I, I think over the long run, it'll give us access to different types of talent. Uh, I think it'll give us access to, uh, or it'll encourage people to stay with us for longer because you know their work uh, with Gojek uh, is not defined by what Gojek wants. It's it's mutual. It's defined by their life needs and preferences, and by what Gojek wants. So one of the questions we get is, hey, uh, you know, most of the countries we're operated in have relatively high vaccination rates. Uh, and we personally got involved to make sure that employees had access to vaccines. So we did, you know, company sponsored vaccination drives, et cetera. Um, uh, so we know that a significant portion of our employees are vaccinated. So easy, right. You should be able to say, Hey, you're all vaccinated. Come back to the office. It's safe. Uh, but the reality is people are living at home with small children who don't have, who are not eligible to receive vaccines. They're yeah. probably living at home with people with immune disorders or with elders who who even with a vaccine are at high risk and they don't feel safe going out and coming back and endangering their families. Uh, and, and we heard this feedback. So in our engagement survey, we actually added uh, a set of questions to ask about your circumstances. How do you live? Do you live okay. alone? Do you live with family? Do you live? Do you have some child childcare support? Do you have elder care support? Are you a caregiver? Uh, and these are questions we ask. And once we have the data, uh, we're, we're going to use it to figure out what kind of policies we can deploy to make it easier for those categories of employees to be successful at work. Because when people are successful at work, we are successful. So, and they're going to be successful if we take care of their them as people, not as workers, not as individual individuals are coming to do work. If you take care of them as people, where they're not distracted by the different things going on in their lives and if you and just just focus on work because we've taken care of as much as we can then they'll be way more productive and switched on it's not all or nothing right mm-hmm. yeah, the answer is always in the middle you don't have to shut down or you don't have to go fully like the employees run the company <laughs> uh, you, you don't have to be either a holacracy or or bankrupt it, the answer is in the middle uh, but as long as you skew more towards the welfare of your people uh, the long, that creates long-term sustainability and profitability for you as a business.
0: Great. You we were talking about the difference of uh, local challenges, like uh, in the administration, but there is also a cultural differences, right, across the region. Um, Vietnam is not the same as Myanmar or Singapore or Indonesia, right? Um, so, how do you do as the chief people officer of Gojek? Of to roll out your HR strategy across the region. Yeah. Um, do you have a globalization uh, strategy or is it more like uh, every one size fits all across the region?
1: No, definitely definitely not. Uh, we, we, we have the principle of uh, adopt the most generous uh, interpretation in the different jurisdiction we have. So for instance, in India, uh, Women are legally entitled to six months maternity leave, right? Paid mm-hmm. maternity leave. So, uh, can we adopt that policy around all of our markets? The answer is yes. So that's so that's a, that's an example of uh, wow. adopting the generous thing. In Indonesia, you have the if if you're letting someone go uh, due to whatever reason, uh, let's say you know job force reduction, etc. Indonesia has the most generous severance policies in in Southeast Asia, right? Uh, can we adopt the Indonesia severance policy every Singapore has not like there's no severance support? You just one month and you're done, right? So mm-hmm. uh so can we adopt this Indonesian or, or aspects of the Indonesian severance policy and apply it to different markets? Right. So so these are these are different ways we look at the best, what is the best experience in different countries and try and bring that to all countries? Uh so A, that creates the sense of. Everyone is treated fairly, irrespective mm-hmm. of where they are. B, people are, it's a very people-oriented perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so people are getting the best of, of, what, of what Southeast Asia has to offer or what, what Gojek has to offer. Uh, and, and three, it, it becomes easier to administer as well because you just, as, as an HR organization, have to think about one set of policies and programs uh, to make things happen. So so and i think i think everything we so gojek is unique because in a lot of other companies it's kind of top down where policies are decided somewhere and then it's just executed right gojek's a very bottom up company so a lot of our employee practices come from our listening programs uh, either through our engagement survey uh, you know focus group discussions we have lots of open channels for people to just give feedback and ask for things and Suggest different ways of doing things. We listen to all of that. It comes up, uh, and then that gets formulated into programs and policies, and then executed out. So, uh, so we are a very bottom-up culture, uh, and we've always been a very bottom-up culture, and that's just the legacy of the company. Uh, so, so that's something that I think we have, which is unique and different to what everyone else possibly has. So, a lot of our policies don't get created in a vacuum. They don't get oh, we need to bring people back to office. No, we need to get work done. That we agree on. Let's let's hear from the people how they want to do the work, right? And, and then come up, with, come up with ways to do it. So we have a very bottom-up culture, and I think that really helps us.
0: Hmm. That's very interesting. Um, so from the beginning, it was bottom-up culture, or did you make the switch uh
1: it, I, I think uh, no. I think our ethos is always our, our founders have always been very people oriented. They mm-hmm. they always listen to the feedback of the people. Uh, and when we were much smaller, uh, like a lot a lot of people had this had a say in how the business was run. Right? They they would make suggestions. They would try different things. They would do dif- like lots lots of differences. The only thing. Uh, I think that's very top down. Is hey, what's our budget? Uh, this is <laughs> this is what we have. What what have we what have we uh, promised our our stakeholders, uh, and that we will deliver. Like I think those were the things which are not negotiable, which is top down. But almost everything else is is bottom up. And also how you do things is not negotiable, which is you know like you have to follow our values. You have to you know follow our. Our uh, guidelines on ethics and compliance and all of that so those things are non-negotiable but the what is you know the what should we focus on where should we focus I think that's become a bit more now as we've grown with size it's, it's difficult to manage that
0: exactly uh, that, that's my follow-up yeah. question on that so <laughs> how I do think you that, scale up <laughs>
1: yeah, as we've as we've grown in size it's gotten harder to manage so we've gotten a bit more top down uh I, I wouldn't say completely but the people who get to make decisions have like become fewer like the, the leadership team is, we have a very, you know, uh, we have a layer in the middle that's very vocal and, and active, uh, and, and we listen to them. So I think it's become a bit more that, but even those, even that layer acts as a channel for feedback from, from the teams. So it's not directly the teams, but it's coming through, through their managers and their leaders. Um, uh, so uh, we've had to formalize a few processes our planning process for instance has had to become a bit more long term uh because if you're doing you responding to feedback real time you have these really short planning cycles it makes, it makes it very hard to execute especially if you're thinking of planning budgeting etc because we're constantly shifting priorities uh, but now we with our size we we can't afford to be disorganized so there are things where i think things like quality of life, experience of people where, you know, it's still very much a bottom-up culture. Uh, But there are things like business goals, business objectives, which is getting a bit more top-down. So the more you scale, the more it becomes that way.
0: Exactly. And how did you create that middle layer to be more uh, voicing out what the teams, the operations were? Yeah, I I think
1: it's it's just we've, we've, we've encouraged a lot of, we have a very feedback rich culture because we're a consumer product uh, and customers give us feedback all the time. So it's just part of life, right? Uh, So we have a feedback rich culture and we encourage it. We have anonymous forums where people can post feedback. Uh, We have uh, town halls once a month, town halls where the CEO comes and answers all questions. Whoever asks doesn't matter what the question is. There's no, there's no consequences effectively. Um, uh, people ask very hard questions about business strategy. They ask very hard questions about uh, why, you know, we did it. Why did we do decision A versus decision B? Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And the CEO, it has to answer them, and he answers them diligently, right? So every month, uh, so that creates a culture where feedback is welcome. Uh, and like even the surveys we run, we we re, like a lot of companies do the survey and then that's it. No one knows what happens to it. It just kind of goes into a black box, right? But we actually publish the survey results, even if it's not good for us. Uh, okay. Like even if people say, "Oh, this part sucked," uh, we will publish that back, saying, "You said this, but this is what we think is the focus area, and this is what we're going to be working on, right, for next year to make it better." So, so we've got that very open culture where we tell, where we show people through action that a) we value their opinion, we want them to be heard, and b) uh, when they speak up, that we take it seriously and we take action. So we've created that culture over the last two years, uh, especially. Uh, and I think it's, it's therefore given, uh, it's given a sense of uh, permission to speak up across the org. And, and most people speak up through their managers.
0: On one of the social media visuals of Gojek to, to get talents is uh, don't work for us, but work with us. That's right. And, uh, and I really find this very powerful and, but, what does this mean in concretely in actions uh, for the employee wellness?
1: Um, I, I mean, if you if you think about it, it it creates a very egalitarian perspective, right? Uh, almost everyone is equal, uh, so uh, everyone experiences. We at least we try to make sure that everyone experiences Gojek the same way. There's no preferential treatment given to you know certain people and other people etc depending on level or rank or status or whatever like we try not to do that so uh so our compensation practices apply the same principles uh across across levels uh the amount is different but the principles that we use is is the same um, how how you experience things like travel things like uh, allowances and claims like that's that's all most of the company experiences it very similarly. Uh, so it, it's it's uh, very insurance. Most of our people are in the same insurance packages to give you a sense uh, of, of egalitarian. In other companies, it's every level you go up, your insurance cover changes. So so it's, it, it's those things which kind of we use to bring things to life. Uh, the, the other one is the whole speak up culture. Uh, we, we have we have one of our core values, which is it's not about you. Uh, so the our core one of our core values is not about you. It's it's never about you. It's about the mission. It's about Gojek. It's about the driver or helping your team member, right? So, uh, so I think that come that that is actually truly lived uh, in the company. I see it everywhere. Uh, I see it in the meetings. I see it in the choices we make. Uh, like I, like I mentioned, like last year was a tough year for us. Uh, and and we didn't give people pay rises, right? Uh, But we took the budget we had for pay rises uh, and we used it to fund programs to support drivers uh, because drivers, if no one is traveling and everyone is locked down, they're not going to make income. So how do we supplement their income? So uh, we we funneled a lot of, you know, vaccination programs, food programs, uh, like, Productivity programs, just make sure the driver's ecosystem is correct. And we wouldn't have done that if it wasn't our core value, if it didn't feel like our drivers work with us, right? They don't work for us. They work with us. Uh, mm-hmm. Same thing with employees, right? Uh, the fact that we listen to feedback and, and and we act on it is, again, them us organizationally saying your opinion is the same weight, your voice has the same weight as anyone in a decision-making role. Uh, and we're giving you access to be heard. So and people use it. So I think that's those are ways these things come to life.
0: Hmm. Uh, that's okay. That's super powerful. And uh, when you say it's not about you, did it help to reduce internal politics?
1: Yes, I think Gojek is one of the least political organizations uh, I have seen in action. Uh, I think all all groups of people even groups of friends will have some politics uh but the but the with the but it's not and politics is not a bad thing right like it's it's good in in some instances it can be healthy it can be uh you know uh, making sure that the right initiatives get get resourcing etc so so it's gojek is not political at all i think people are very self sacrificing uh and and the uh, and i think they hope is everyone can help each other like the other the other core value we have is collaborate with compassion mm. uh, so it's not collaborate with empathy it's collaborative compassion do the right thing right uh do the right thing uh and people people do I would say 80% of the time people do the right thing uh there's 20% when they don't and that's either because they lack information uh, or, or there's some other larger context at play, but it's almost never because of selfishness, uh, and I think that's that's something very unique to our culture. Like it's, I would say it's almost it's not it's not easy to replicate, uh, and I hope I hope we never lose it. Uh, it's it's one of the beautiful parts of working at Gojek.